Good evening, everybody. It is March 9th, 2020, and I am so excited to have this episode of Manifesting with Meg with the extraordinary Andrew Deutsch. Tonight, we learn about profound wisdom and how leaders empower others. I got to tell you, this is going to be an exceptional interview. I know it because not only is this gentleman incredibly smart, but he is hilarious. So I'm hoping I put him on the spot right now so I make sure that he'll give a couple uh, humorous anecdotes so we can all have a little laughter on this Monday night, which I think we can all use in light of everything that's going on in the world. I certainly could use it. So Andrew Deutsch, it is a pleasure to have you with me tonight. Thank you so much for agreeing, especially it's, I think it's actually quite amazing that you're on my episode about profound wisdom because you always seem to know so much about so many things that I think it's actually amazing that you get to share it with everybody tonight. So thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Should oh my God, this is fantastic. And I'm, you know, it's so funny because right now I always seem to um, have perfect things happen in perfect time. So I know that whatever you have to share is going to be so moving or profound to anyone out there who's listening tonight. And I really, really am excited to introduce you. So before we go on and before I introduce you, I do want to ask you to get set your intention and then pick a number and we'll go from there because I think when it comes to intention, certainly behind any interview or any experience, when you are focused on what you want, the thing that you want usually does unfold and even better sometimes. So go ahead and do that and then we'll get going here. So pick a number. The number that I had picked was a two, five, three from your, from your book. Oh, so two, five, three, and, and and then at the end, you're gonna have to tell us what your intention was. So we can clarify that at the end. I'll do everything um, I can to keep it a secret, I promise. Okay, just give me one second. I'm gonna make sure that we're all aboard here and going live and everything is ready to, yes, we are, we're good to go. So, all right, so everybody, this is Andrew Deutsch, and I have to tell you, I met him 30 years ago when we went, um, actually, I think I was at University of Miami. We were getting ready to go to, um, actually getting these kids ready to go on their exchange program with American Field Service, and I had the pleasure of meeting Andrew and, and a lot of other um, individuals who had gone on AF, AFS before. But ever since, Andrew has catapulted his career through many different facets, and I just want to give you a little bit of a preview into him. He's a multilingual global marketing and sales consultant who has successfully driven business growth in more than 100 countries, extensive global travel experience and creative, creatively melding practical strategies, business concepts with solid psychological theory, which is what his background is all about. He is, in fact, a trained psychologist. Correct, Andrew? Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Um, so basically, he had a combined degree in international trade with a psychology-based master's degree to build his unique method methodology for building go-to market strategies that focus on understanding not just customer needs, but the underlying motivators that lead to sales, which is one of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight if we get there. But like I have to tell you, we are definitely conversationalists. So who knows what's going to unfold with this interview tonight. But it all is about profound wisdom. And like I said, leaders who empower others. I think what is most profound about Andrew is that he is the proud father of three and grandfather of two, which is shocking. I can't believe that. And when he is not helping companies grow, he's actively involved in his many hobbies, including woodworking and restoration, which is fantastic. Glass artistry, knitting, and saltwater aquariums, among others. I love that you have aquariums. That is fascinating to me. You've also been an active volunteer in junior achievement and as a mentor to new entrepreneurs, which I think that's a fantastic, the mentoring component when you have the knowledge and the wisdom to share it, pass it forward, pay it forward so that you can build up the generation right behind you is amazing. So you are focused on giving them the foundations for success in their ventures, which I think is really, really, really important. So Andrew, share a little bit about yourself that your CV doesn't tell us about. Well, uh, just, I think we probably ought to warn the people watching that. <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been friends for so many years. Usually the conversations go off in three thousand directions, so we'll try to keep it. I guess we'll try to keep it focused today. Three thousand, because uh, we only have one night. Maybe one thousand different different topics. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, it. Uh, 
you know, going going back to just the stuff from from the resume, I mean, legitimately, I've I've lived several careers that that have taken me to where I am now in in private consulting. I mean, I began working um, in after graduating from my undergrad and working for a nonprofit uh, as an executive, and then went back to school uh, to study uh, psychology and, and and its applications in industry to build uh, a future, and then. Life took me down to South America for about 10 years where, where I, I lived in Brazil and met my wife and, and children and then came back to the States and continued to run the international game until physically I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, the, day, the day I decided I was done with that career, I weighed about 365 pounds wow. and decided that my health came before the dollars wow. and really changed my focus, dropped 160 pounds. Uh, focused on on much more domestic, but still within the realm of of growing business and, and doing what I really enjoy, and carried through through that until now. Uh, I've decided rather than making other people in their companies uh, into millionaires as hmm. a employee, have now gone out into my own private uh, consulting company full time, and really enjoying growing this business and, and doing great things for. For my clients you know you know a lot of about a lot of the show uh, is about manifesting and a lot of uh, the people who do tune into the show they certainly have a um i think a yearning because i think that they're like wanting something more and ready to jump and take that leap of faith and they're not quite ready yet but they like to hear inspirational stories from my guests so that they might have a little bit more of a seed planted to push them along and i say this because you did basically sell everything and move to Brazil. And I think to start your whole life over with your dog. I don't remember your dog. And um, the whole idea, I think it was, um, you know, I don't know, brand new start, but that's, I guess the question I have for you. What was the impetus behind you basically saying, okay, I'm done here. I'm going to go check it out and see if there's something else out there for me. Well, there were, there were sort of two factors to it. One, I, you know, working working as a therapist for for the period of time that I was while I was trying to build my my business consulting on the side, uh, basically was sparked by the change of the politics in the state of Florida, where I went from being able to bill medical insurance for for my services to not overnight. Mm -hmm. So the the laws changed, and for me to continue to be in practice doing what I was doing, I would have had to have now gone from being independent and growing a practice being under the thumb of either a, a psychiatrist or medical doctor to be able to get paid for my services. At the same time, I, I had developed such great contacts through the AFS work that, that we met during that it, it gave me an opportunity to go down to Brazil for what really was supposed to be maybe a three to six month stay and then come back and, and rethink. Got to Brazil and the opportunities were so great and met so many influential people uh, including who became my wife and decided that I would take the risk and stay. So my 90 day to six month, uh, visit to Brazil turned into 10 years. <laughs> to how many years? 10 years? Yeah, I was there for 10 years. Wow. 10 years. Did it go by fast? Um, sort of. I mean, it, it, when I first arrived there, it was all new and interesting. And I was, you know, I wasn't able to speak a foreign language at that time. So I had to learn, um, and was, 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 really getting business going and, and kind of the irony of it was in the States, I was another guy who kind of knew stuff, <laughs> but, but Brazil had just opened its market to foreign trade and no one there knew much at all about how to grow business in the global market, didn't have contacts. Remember the internet didn't exist back in those days yet. Um, it was, everything was fresh and new. So by me changing where I was on the globe, the perception of my knowledge went up. I went from being a guy who kind of knew stuff to an expert in the eyes of the people I was with. And then it's always that, do you take the risk of going, yes, I know how to do that and go out and figure out how to do it, even though you don't know, right. or do you sit there like a dope and go, I don't know. So I took on big challenges and, and it paid off. It paid off. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, it's so funny because you, you went from, one of many, like the, you know, big pot, like the, you know, the, you know, one of many to a place where your talents and your skills 
were sought after and it catapulted your career to the point where you could actually decide to come back here and you had amassed more networking nor connections but it was because you took that risk at the outset that opened the doors for you and you know i think that you know like i said you know we we've been friends for many years and i think that you know we were talking about connections earlier too it's those networking connections that over time you don't really know where they're going to go the collaboration mm -hmm. may appear later on in life and i know that that you are a person who values connections and collaborations. Why don't you, you know, expound on that a little? Well, there, there's a great author named Amy Wilkerson who wrote a book called uh, the, Cre the Creator's Key, I think it is. Oh, um, I'll have to, I, I, I probably have it, have the name of the book wrong. But she examined top entrepreneurs in, in the world and what they had in common. And one of the things that she discovered, which I've always believed, is that when people give uh, little gifts, small gifts, yeah. and as they do their job, it comes back to pay off. So mm -hmm. for example, you know, as a consultant, if someone comes to me today and says, hey, my, my kid's got this great business idea, can he, can he talk to you for a few minutes? I, I don't charge for that because if I can help that person either see that it's a great idea or recognize that maybe they need to go back to the drawing board and work on it, yeah. So over the years, no matter where I am, I've always done that. So for, for example, someone who came to work for me during my days in, in, in Brazil, uh, a buyer from a, a customer of mine said, hey, my daughter needs an internship. She was 16 years old. She came in my office, recognized she was brilliant, trained her, coached her, mentored her. And then as mm. the years went on, she went on to college and now she's a very successful executive in a, in a big internet company down in Brazil. Wow. Uh, which none of it was because I was looking for a payback, but if I needed access to, to that, I've, she's an expert who, who years ago, because of the network and because of the willingness to mentor it, she's, she's, a, she's a wonderful human being, a great person. And if I never got anything in return, I feel rewarded because the, 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 the little secret of mentoring people is the person doing the mentoring usually learns more than the, the person who's being mentored and I, gains more from it. I, you know, I love the idea of people taking time to, you know, help someone else that you see a spark in. And I, and I think that is um, just so profound because, you know, it's the ripple effect that you have no idea what will happen in the future. I mean, imagine that she's impacting others in the same way that you impacted her because of the fact that she had that experience in her on her journey. I think that's fantastic. You know, and as far as wisdom concerns, you know, is concerned, you know, today's theme is be open to wisdom from the unlikeliest sources as well. Like I'm sure on your journey from, you know, uh, you know, living in the States, going to Brazil, coming back again, you know, I think that, you know, when people feel that they're stuck, it's that they're not paying attention to perhaps mm -hmm those signs that would give you that, you know, kind of like a clue, I think kind of like a mystery clue, you know, if you think about it that way, to guide you in a direction that will get you unstuck. Where on your path has that happened, if that speaks to you at all? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because some of it is intentional and, and the best of it was unintentional. Oh. I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I grew up in, in outside of Cleveland um, at a school that you, you, you certainly couldn't say that it was mixed. We had maybe it, I would say the majority of the school was either Catholic or Jewish. And then there were some, some other groups and there were a few, uh, a few black kids that I was friends with in school, but really didn't have, you know, I, I couldn't say that I had a growing up in the black experience sort of thing, although just had really kind friends in my life. Well, went to college, graduated. And my first boss, was a, a black guy who, who was a brilliant businessman. His name was Joe, Joe Gaston, um, who now lives, I, I think he's in Texas. Um, and my first job, my supervisor was a guy who grew up in the South in Mississippi and, and made a name for himself and taught me so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and there was a long, there's a long story behind it, but I had been in a motorcycle accident and he took me in. Oh, wow. Uh, and took care of me, he and his wife so generously did. And years later, because of the beauty of social media, I found him again. Oh, you did? I was able, when I was in Texas, to invite him and, and thank him. 
Wow, that's awesome. Directly for everything he did for me. Wow, that's so the, the indirect thing that that did was it really did expand my mind about people who are different than me. Um, grew up in a different experience. Grew up in 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 you know the the, the kinds of of significant more difficulty in community and otherwise than a, a white kid from the suburbs grew up with and, and gave me an appreciation uh, for a professional that didn't look like me, didn't come from my background, but truly became a mentor and, and a good friend. Wow. So th those are the kinds of things that, that I like to impart, you know, on, on folks myself that if, if I'm of a different background, uh, it, it doesn't mean that we can't get along and we don't have to agree on ideology and, and otherwise. Um, the generosity that people put forward really is more of a connection. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah. I, I was wondering with regard to your experience at, at the exchange program. I don't remember exactly where you went um, in, with AFS. Did you? I keep thinking uh, Belgium or something. I don't know why. That's it, was, it was Sweden. It was Sweden. Okay. Yeah. So you went to Sweden. Yeah. In, in, in a little I, town called Strangness where, again, because of the beauty of, of the work that I do, a customer of mine in Sweden found my host family that I had lost touch with. That's crazy. And, and I consider them family today. Wow, that's amazing. Born, and my friends that that came to me because of them are some of my favorite people on the planet. We we communicate through Facebook. We when I'm in Sweden, everyone gets together and and there's they're truly some of the most most I, I'm so lucky in my life to have so many really quality people that I consider to be my my friends. And you know they're friends because the moment you get back together, the conversation picks up right where I left off. Yeah. The time has passed. And you can even you can even joke about not having to any any pants on during an interview, huh, Andrew? You'll never, you'll never know. <laughs> The beauty of this, this beauty, the beauty of the camera to here is pants optional. Pants optional. But yeah, I just want to tell you know one of the things I love about exchange, the my my exchange experience, and I think that well certainly one of the things is I I got to meet you, um, and another thing is that you know it does help you look outside the norm of of your of your own country and then jumping out and then you're open to a world where people welcome you and accept you and 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 you know invite you into their lives and their families and share their life i think that that does have a profound effect on someone who is i think i was i was 16 when i went i don't remember how old you were but i know that at that young age certainly it does change the trajectory, at least as far as where you see your borders and 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 ready yeah. to jump out of them. Yeah, there, there's. I'm going to butcher it. There's. I don't have it written here in front of me, but Mark Twain had had made a statement years ago that the cure for bigotry and narrow-mindedness basically is travel. Oh, I love it. And 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 it's interesting in the international business world. There's two different kinds of people that I think there are, and I, I usually don't stereotype, except that stereotypes are a, are a definite time saver, but. <laughs> there's there are people who when they walk in the room see everything that's different mm -hmm. and there's people who walk in the room and see things that are the same mm -hmm. so a person goes on a plane and flies to a foreign country and they want to find the mcdonald's to see what it's like because they, ah. and they and they walk through a store and go oh i've seen these things before and then there's the people who go to a country and the only thing that they're looking for is what's new and what they can learn uh, yeah and when it comes to the creative world of international trade if you're the guy who counts the beans, you're a similarity person. You're looking for the McDonald's when you land. And those of us that were involved in really growing business from a marketing sales and otherwise perspective, you can only succeed if you're a difference person and, and rejoice in the difference in, in, in the learning. Well, I think I think the, the the beautiful thing about the differences. Let's talk about that. You know, as far yeah. as wisdom is concerned, is that it does open your world to a different perspective and I, I think i was writing yesterday i think it really kind of hit me because you know we all try to uh, compartmentalize you know like you said stereotypes just basically because it just takes less time and you can just sum people up in a in a second and that's it and then move on which is really quite unfair because many people are so it doesn't matter what you know they're so diverse in in their own families forget about you know, other family. So, you mm -hmm. know, when I was thinking about perspective, it's really quite interesting because you are in sales. And I think one of the benefits behind you having so many different perspectives to to your life is that you're able to meet people where they are. And I think that that is an amazing attribute for a salesperson, for sure. 
Yeah, and it's you know I'm I'm in sales, but also very much involved in the marketing side of business, right. which, is, which is unusual. Usually, you find male marketing guys, you find sales guys. Yeah. But those of us that really build marketing programs designed so that salespeople could succeed, we're, we're a subset. But it's also in the world of psychology, when you're dealing with people yeah. that have mental illness, you meet people at their model of the world and draw them towards something better My or life. something more meaningful or something healthier. Um, it's the same in, in, in a sales call. It's the same in developing marketing. You know, in, one of the things that I always talk about in marketing and sales is that features of your product don't matter. And I, I say that sort of sarcastically. It's the benefits that people buy. It's the heart and mind of the product. I'll give you an example. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm going to get a Rolex watch because it's a precision timepiece? Yeah. No, people buy Rolex watches because it's it's bragging rights, proof I've arrived. Mm -hmm. It's about my ego. It's about being able to go, hey, look, uh, who, who buys a car with, with a seat heater? No, <laughs> you, buy, you buy a car with one of those comfortable seats and keeps you warm in the winter. Yes. It's, it's, it's that that benefit that, that people seek. So, you know, as you're, as you're designing and looking at all the things that matter to the customer and understanding who the customer is, then you can really talk about what it is about your product that brings them benefit, that solves the problem they're looking for. So that, and that's really what sales is. I like what you said about marketing and psychology and that, you know, if you're dealing with someone with a mental illness, that basically you're trying to bring them towards, what was that again? Say that again, because I thought that was very profound. You were saying that, you know. Um, well, meaning you, you, you meet people at their model of the world and draw them towards what, what, what you believe is a better model. That's a bad psychologist just drives you even further into the. Well, into the <laughs> again, you meet people where they are. I think that that's yeah. pretty profound. I, I I do believe that you know when you know it, it's Stephen Covey says seek to understand then be understood right and I think that is along the same lines as what you're saying meet people where they are unless you know where they are actually ask the questions which I think mm -hmm. you're very good at then. Yeah then you won't, you won't truly speak the language that they're listening to, so they'll yeah. never hear you. And, and I think in the grand scheme of life, you know, on a social, you know, on a social uh, level that we're dealing with, you know, on a daily basis and, and work and play professionally, personally, mm -hmm. I think that that's a really an amazing quality to have is yeah. that you can identify those, those points of connection rather than division. And I think that yeah. you do that very well. Hey, the most the most successful salespeople are the ones that get the realization that they're not selling products, they're solving problems. That's so great. if you're developing a product, mm -hmm. it's really good to know what what are the pains that your product can solve and design to the pain. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you're 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 making something that, that may or may not solve a problem. How are you going to compete? So you design to the pain? Yeah. So, so for example, one one of the product lines that that I'm working with right now is a mixing system. It, it's for mixing mixing chemicals. But we the people who designed this product recognized that there were significant issues that existed with the kinds of mixing blades that exist in the market. So, taking all of those pains and the issues that are created by those, they hired an engineer who had nothing to do with that industry and said, "We need a blade that can." perform all of these things to resolve the issues that these are creating mm -hmm. and designed to the pain. And now there's a system that's a complete and total change in how people mix chemicals and, and coatings and paints without any of the issues that previous, previous products had created. So it's kind of like on the shoulders of a giant, you go further, right? I mean, someone had the issue, they expanded on it, mm -hmm. and they and they solved that pain so that they're able to see other pitfalls and improve. Yeah. improve. <clears throat> so if you hadn't designed that, you would be calling people saying, I've got another blade that can do what yours does, and maybe I've got a better, mine's cheaper. Yeah. Or I have one that, you know, some feature that's there. In this case, we know that when people use blades in your product, these are the issues that are created. And these are real problems that create warranty issues that spoil the product, that don't get proper mixing. We've solved that. I've got something that can solve your problem. Now it's not a price issue. It's, it, it's a, an issue of here's a value. Last year you had this much waste because you used the wrong product. This is going to save you money. And by the way, you're going to pay for it. So, 
So it's, it's a whole different, it's a different approach. So, so, let me ask, so I want to ask you this, because I think it's really kind of important, because you you get very passionate about what you do. I, I, I have conversations with you where, you know, you, you're and, and you are really um, a very, very generous with your talents as well, Gen at least with regard to people who you care to mentor, you know, as far as that's concerned. I don't know how, I don't know if they come to you and they're bothering you to want, if you want to do with them, that'd be another story altogether. But I think, you know, I think when you come to the table with, with great passion, you know, it does allow you to further go outside your comfort zone because you're seeking more opportunities that align with that passion. So when I ask people, you know, that, you know, people always want to dream, right? They always dream and they're like, they're kind of scared to dream because they're afraid to, to not achieve those dreams. What mm -hmm. would you say as a passionate person to someone who, you know, you're like, you got to dream bigger, you've got to expand your horizons. What would you say to help them open their mind to different perspectives that will have them, you know, achieving or realizing their dreams? Well, you know, there, there's two sides to that. Sometimes you recognize that the dream they're seeking really isn't a possibility, or that, that if they were to rethink it in a different way, uh, it may not be exactly what they're seeing now, but there's something that could be significantly better. I mean, if somebody comes to me and pitches something and says, hey, I really need help because I want to go to the market to do this, um, and, and I really don't think it's good, I don't do the disservice of going follow your dream. I do, I do the service of, hey, let's rethink this. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I'll give you a crazy example. So I was lecturing at the International a master's degree program at Cleveland State. A professor had asked me to come and talk to his class about international trade. And there was a young man who came up to me afterwards and says, can I please talk to you? I, I need your advice. I said, absolutely. But well, his goal was he was going to make a multi-million dollar business in the U.S. because in Pakistan, where he's from, they have a hair gel that outperforms every hair gel for men in the world. Hair gel. Hair gel. Hair gel. And that was the business. His entire business plan was, I know. And I said, well, how do you know that that hair gel is better than anything else on the market? People compliment my hair every day. And that was the business plan. And this is a guy in his final year getting his master's degree in international trade. Okay. And I said, okay, um, have you looked at what are the requirements by the FDA to make a hair gel and what are the ingredients that in your product compatible? Uh, I haven't looked at that. No. Have you looked at the shelf to see if there's anything out there? Have you tested every hair gel to see if maybe there's something similar? No. Have you looked at what it costs to get on the shelf at a store? All the, the, the most people don't, don't realize you pay for the space in a retail store to sell your product, especially yeah. like supermarket. No. Have you looked at the cost? No. If you've done a survey to see if Americans would trust a product coming from Pakistan that they're putting on their body, no. About 20 questions, and I said, I'm not trying to crush your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want you to understand that it's very possible that you do have the greatest hair gel ever made. And it's also possible that it's a, a hill way higher to climb then maybe finding something more practical to come to market with. And, and afterwards he got my, my email from the professor and he sent me a letter and it basically said, you opened my eyes. I, I really hadn't contemplated all of those kinds of things. So it's just so, on the market? I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't, he didn't keep in touch. I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah. Some, sometimes when, when the dream, you know, if, if my dream is to fly without an airplane or wings, um, and I'm not willing to jump out of a plane with a suit. It's not, it's not a dream that I want people encouraging me to do. Oh. So. Well. <laughs> you know, I don't, okay. Yeah. I see yeah. right? <laughs> Oh, Lord. You know, I, it, it's funny because I am like, you know me well enough that you know I'm a dreamer. And I'm like, I get yeah. mad when the dream quashers come. But I imagine if your dream is to fly with no airplane and no wings, I would be a little bit more concerned about that dream. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. However, however, let's say um, someone comes to you and they say they have this dream and it's possible. Um, yeah. It's a possibility. And, 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 you know, they always say, you know, if you're 
50 years old and you want to play for the NFL, you know, the likelihood of that being more than the football, maybe, is, uh, you know, it's not going to happen unless, you know, it's a, you know, I don't know, some kind of fluke. Yeah, well, I, I don't do it because I, I just don't want to have to hurt those kids. Oh, yeah, you know, give them a break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, when, when, and many times the idea is good, but one, one of my favorite quotes that's my quote is I've never once had a brilliant idea that somebody else didn't help me make better. Oh, that's a good quote. That's so good. I, I say it all the time to people that, you know, as soon as your ego is such that your brilliant ideas mm. are just brilliant, then it's it's probably time to, to check yourself in somewhere with, with you know, padded walls and a, and a straight <laughs> But so, so someone will come and, and, you know, and this is the most common thing with mentoring sessions with people I don't know is I, you know, this is what my idea is. And it's, boy, that could really work. Have you thought of this? Yeah. You, ask, you ask, you don't tell. You ask these probing questions that evoke thought. Which is a All good right. approach. Or, I mean, imagine in, in psychology, that's what they probably yeah. need to do. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So they and don't. It, you know, it may be, it may be that that probing question is a difficult one to answer. I would hope so. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to start a business, you're going to bring a product to market, you're going to do something new and innovative, uh, you, you, you got to have the, the fortitude to do it. And you have to be willing to think it through from every angle. I mean, the most common, the most common one that comes up is, you know, somebody wants to open up, let's say a donut shop. And the first thing you do is say, you know, what's the difference of your donut? Why would someone want your donut over somebody else's? And they may say, well, you know, I've got a recipe that's, that's different and it's unique, or I'm, I'm making them in the shape of of something odd that's going to get people laughing. There's a place in uh, in Portland, Oregon, line out the door, the Voodoo Donut Shop. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and someone had a great idea of making these bizarre donuts that are so unique. So what, what is it that's unique about it? Now, here's the, here's the next step. How many donuts do you have to sell in a day to make the income that you want to make out of your business? Right. Can you, in a single location, do that? Because the, the you got you to look at the numbers, too. I mean, just because they're unique, if you sold 10,000 donuts a day, would you make enough money to pay your bills? I, I don't know. Have you done the math? And then but now that you come up with this idea, who's your customer? So You're not your customer. But the cool thing is that he had the idea. Mm -hmm. He had the idea. And had he not tried, he would never know what kind of impressive you know, establishment he's established. That, that's clear. So where's the balance between, you know, this big dream versus this, oh my God, you know, all the minutia that, I mean, I get, I get, well, I mean, literally, I don't like to talk about the minutia because getting lost in the weeds for me is going from this creative burst or spark to, Oh my God, where the hell am I? I'm like some in the jungle, you know. If you talk to me, all that other stuff. That's why you've always, you know, and you know, not insisted, but you know, suggest then get someone who is a good consultant to help you where your weaknesses may lie. So yeah. if you're the idea person marrying up literally with a business person who can help you navigate better, so that you don't come to the end of your, you know. You're ready to launch and you're not ready to launch. Yeah. And where most entrepreneurs fail is they don't understand the customer and they don't understand uh, the, the, how much they have to do to, to really make it happen properly and be funded properly to be able to get through the session until it becomes a profitable business. Right. A, a great example, you, you are, as far as I'm concerned, if you buy a single Subway franchise, you're not an entrepreneur. You're, you're somebody who bought a job. Everything's mapped out for you. There's only so much you're going to make in that okay. location. So what are you, what's your definition of entrepreneur then? Yeah, a, an entrepreneur is someone who, who can take with a unique idea and create a business around it that, that's profitable. Does it have to be unique or does it have to be uniquely yours? <laughs> well, well if, if you wanted to be the entrepreneur in the Subway sub shop, which I would never own, yeah. is yeah. the person who recognizes that they want to manage restaurants and they create a plan to begin to expand and have multiple locations, have economy of scale right. and really grow that business. That's entrepreneurial. Buying yourself a job as a franchise, I, I don't see that as entrepreneurial. And there's a lot of people that right now are going, ah, he's full of it. 
I, I've seen too many people buy themselves employment yeah. uh, rather than buying in or, or creating something that they can grow and, and do more with. Um, a conversation just this week, someone who had, had caught up with me on LinkedIn, I don't know her, um, and I'm not going to share what her business was because she asked me not to. Okay. She has an idea for a business. Now, her goal is I'm a single mom with three kids. I want a job that I can do from home, that I grow myself, and I want to be able to have it big enough to, to do what I want to do and feed and get my kids through school. That's that's honest. That's she's, not, she's not looking to be a multimillionaire. And with her skill set, she has something that she can do. And now the question is, how does she let the market know so that <laughs> she creates a value proposition that people recognize immediately what it is that she brings them in benefit. If I do business with you, I'm going to be able to get this for my money mm -hmm. and enough of them so that she can book her schedule and do what it is that she does. Very entrepreneurial. It's not, it's not massive, but it is, uh, it is an entrepreneurial skill. I've got this great idea. I know how to do it. I've learned it over the years. How do I go to market and make it profitable? And who knows? She may be so good at it that eventually she says, you know what, I've got more customers that I can deal with. Let me train some more people and grow this. Right. But that's entrepreneurial. Telling someone, you know, a lot of people who buy a franchise, they've been fired from so many jobs. They just want to have something they, they can't fire themselves from. Mm -hmm. And I'm being a little sarcastic there, but um, it's true. You know, it, 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 it isn't. It isn't entrepreneurial. You know, so, so I think that, okay, so this is manifesting with Meg. This show is about manifesting the life of your dreams. And, and in this particular instance, when you're talking about someone who, you know, wants to have a job that they can't get fired from, it is empowering. You have to it say, is. yeah. It is. Absolutely. And, and when you start to come from a place where you don't feel like you have any control or power over your, your life or your destiny or where you're going, mm -hmm you do jump into something like that it might just you know spark a, a light inside that maybe there are other avenues or anything else you at least you have the freedom yeah of, of somewhere to go that you know that you can make a living and at the same time like your your friend you were talking about the woman take care of the things that you so want to take care of so when you're talking about you know manifesting you know how you show up in this world and and then taking control of your life versus being at the control of others you know it's a very different energy wouldn't you wouldn't you agree yeah and and but the skill set when you get to that next level changes right so so the fact that you're a person who is buying yourself a job if you don't take the time to learn how to be a leader as you start hiring people in that company, you were a worker bee before and you were maybe really, really good at what you did, but that isn't the skill set that makes you a manager of people. Right. There's a, another, another book on the list of books that, that you have to read before you move on to the next level and work is a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. I want to say his name is Goldman. I'm, I'm terrible with, with but, all right, I have to give you all these so I can put it on the feed. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you later. But but that book is is really as a salesman and and my career up until a certain point in time, I was a global hunter. My job was to find markets for products all over the world in places you've never heard of. I mean, we we had a special piece of equipment specific to the cotton industry. Uzbekistan is one of the largest populations in the world processing cotton after India. As a matter of fact, it, it's a the regime of, of Uzbekistan requires every citizen to pick a certain amount of cotton every year as their civil duty. Seriously. So, yep. So how, how do you find the right person in Uzbekistan to buy this tool that's used for baling uh, cotton with polyester strapping? That was the kind of thing that would just get me going. I'm going to get this Uzbekistan <laughs> idea. I oh did. I was told I was told the tool would never sell in India. We found a thousand baling stations in oh Rajarat where they baled cotton. And through this tool that was designed, we found market for it and we sold huge volumes of a tool that could never be sold. That was what excited me. Now you take that hunter and you get, okay, now you've got 12 guys, you're you're their boss. Teach them how to do it. Coach them. And and you know, as the hunter. 
you, you the guys are doing a terrible job. Your first response is, let me show you. Right. Not, let me help you understand how to do it and, and within your style, coach yeah. you to hit the numbers. So this book really showed me that all of the skill set that I built to be that killer hunter out in the international market uh, was completely a set of useless skills to be able to lead a sales team. But that's interesting, though, because you said you wrote an article recently on leaders who empower others right. to take the lead and to do the things that that they don't realize that they're able to do. You, you, what I had said in that was that you know a true leader does give direction, but they don't give instructions. Mm, yeah, that's different. Well, what helping, helping helping a sales guy understand where he needs to be. Mm -hmm. And, and having them share their ideas of how to do it and, and giving them cues and, and ideas and goals and what not to waste their time with and what to work on and otherwise is, is, is sort of part of that whole coaching yeah. phenomenon. And you don't learn to be a coach when you're a hunter. No. You, you, you have people trying to coach you and right. you also know you don't have time for them unless they're really good. Yeah. So... So, you know, it, it becomes it's a completely different skill set. Most great salespeople never become great leaders of sales teams because they just don't have the skill set. Nobody ever told them to sit down and read that book yeah. and incorporate new things in their lives. It's very important. Well, you know, so so let's let's switch because I really want to get to the nitty gritty with regards to how you manifest in your own life. And there the quote today is Joan Jett, and she says I'm concentrating on staying healthy, having peace, being happy, remembering what's important, taking in nature and animals, spending time reading and trying to understand the universe where science and spiritual meet. And, you know, I think when you when you look at your life and, and, and you think about, you know, I, I know that you had said your quote as well. And um, when you look at what's important to you now, having all the success of your professional career and personally as well, looking at your life now and, and, and you know, now it's time to manifest. What is important to you now? I, I still really enjoy the thrill of things working and winning when it comes to the business world. So like we were talking before about people I mentor, I, I am just as thrilled to hear that someone who I've worked with just blew it out of the park and made a fortune on their own based on the work that, that we did together as I am if I'm the one who, who did it. So those, those victories are real important to me. And then my creative pursuits, having enough time that I can go out to my shop and work on a woodworking project, that I can, for the holidays, knit, knit my wife a scarf or a sweater for, for a gift. You do or, have something under your table, don't you? I know I saw it before, you're knitting or. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he actually yeah. does knit. I sort of got beautiful things too. Which is yeah, well, at the motorcycle accident I talked about years ago, um, I, I lost most of the use of my right hand. Oh wow! Uh, and and I it was it's kind of funny because I um, I was looking for something with repetitive tasks to really get my hand working again, and the the physical therapist suggested crochet. Oh really? And I, and I found it I found it interesting, and I went into a knitting shop and saw all this beautiful stuff around, and and talked to this this older woman that worked there, and she said, "Well, knitting's kind of a craft. If you want to make something you want to keep, you have to. I'm sorry, crochet is kind of a craft. Yeah. <laughs> you should learn to knit." So I bought a book, I bought a ball of yarn and a set of needles and and got the basics. And then I'd go back in and she would give me classes. And and I would I bought if I bought yarn, I'd get free classes. And I learned and started to, to recognize that knitting is no different than woodworking or anything else. There's a series of steps. It's an engineering accomplishment to create these different stitches and how they work together. And, and I, I started doing my own design work and really, I mean, it, it's a fascinating thing. The other side of it is that repetitive task completely changes the way my brain is working and puts me into almost a meditative state. Yeah. And he say it is a meditative state. Meditative state. And when I'm done, the ideas and things that I was fishing around in my head looking for solutions sometimes come to me because my brain had the time to shut off long enough to, to actually follow through and figure stuff out. Amazing, yeah. Of course, of course, it was kind of fun sitting in the store with all these other older ladies sitting around the table. <laughs> even thought that I should meet their nephews <laughs> and, and otherwise, and they didn't quite get that that, that really wasn't wasn't the, the my preference in life. Yeah. But I was I was flattered that they wanted to be part of their family. 
Oh my God, you're too much. You know, I think it's also, you probably got a lot of wisdom in your little sewing circle. So I think that that's also a place where, you know, people used to come together and like, gossip about yeah, was, back in the old days, right? Yeah, well, they were, they were, uh, uh, it was mostly, I, I imagine kind of the same stuff that my my daughter, who's who's uh, uh, works in a high end salon down in Columbus, Ohio, yeah. the kind of stuff that the women are talking about there also. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got a little, I got a little inside uh, inside scoop. It's kind of like I know you also can speak multiple languages. It's like when you're sitting in a room and people are talking about you and they don't know you can understand them. Exactly. It's like oh, really, yeah. <laughs> like really. I always say it's it's you know it's that 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 karmic or that serendipitous. Um, you know, opportunity when you get a clue into what you're not supposed to know, but you find out what you're really supposed to know. And in certain ways, you're just like, of course, the little God wings in the world. Um, yeah. I, I do want to ask you also, what do you prioritize in this, you know, 2020, the roaring 20s where, you know, anything is possible or any probable or as long as you set out to discover it? What are your priorities now? Well, right now, because I made the decision to go solo and really reinvigorate my consulting business as my primary income, uh, my priorities have changed quite a bit. I'm spending a great deal more time than I used to on the business. Yes. So a lot of my hobbies have, have sort of gotten to the side and, and I'm, I'm not able to spend you know, more than a couple of hours a week. And I'm willing to make that sacrifice to get to get things going where they're going. Um, so. You know the kinds of things that I really enjoy doing, going out to exotic restaurants to eat crazy stuff, and and a lot of that. Uh, I, I I I'm not spending my time and my money on those things. Yeah. Um, but instead, having family over, um, spending you know th those hours instead of going out, I'm staying in. Um, so you know, really just making sure that this new business is going to grow and be successful uh, as it's going forward. But uh, you know, well, as soon as I do want to add here that um, Elisa says if you have a written, if you've written a book that she'd love to read it. So maybe there is a book in your future as well. So, you know, as far as your um, insight and your advice, that's really extremely valuable. She says here that it could help other people, you know, as like a far away mentor to others. Maybe that would be something now that you have your own business. It, it is. It, and and it's, on, it's sort of on the back burner until, I get to it. I've got some very specific goals in terms of monetary income mm -hmm. so that I can then uh, hire some more staff, which which I'm in the process of doing and get back to it. I'm, I'm actually writing a book um, and it's based on, on my theory of marketing, which really uh, applies to so many things in life that if if you build your entire marketing strategy for your company based on every person that your company touches, eventually can become an advocate for what you do and who you are mm. rather than just trying to get the sale. The sales are going to happen when, when you have advocates. And the beauty of it is in this internet age of just the meanest, huh. meanest stuff going on on the internet, there's community, community websites where someone will say, uh, I have a broken this. Can someone recommend someone? And there's 20 people going, what's wrong with you? You insert expletive, figure mm -hmm. it out on your own kind of stuff. Wow. And the, the meanness and sarcasm, the trolls on the internet are completely and totally gone when people love your brand and who you are and they're your advocate because they take care of it. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to put up the lead going, this guy's a troll. Leave him. You don't, you don't have to defend yourself because you've done such a great job and you brought so much value to the people that they come. Try, I'll give you an example of a, a famous female singer like a Taylor Swift. What happens, what happens when somebody says something nasty about her? I'm no fan. I don't listen to her. But I, I adjacent to people, somebody says something nasty about her, there's a million fans that will come out and, and obliterate the troll. It's <laughs> true. So, so if you build your business based on every person you touch should yeah. become an advocate, what you're really doing is you're, you're solving people's problems. You're bringing the products, the services that they really need. Mm -hmm. They love them and they tell the world and they become part of your marketing team. I, I really like that because when once you engage literally a whole slew of 
fans because your brand is good and solid and valuable to them, you have real value, then you're right. They'll come to your aid faster than you defending yourself. So I think that's really a good point that you don't really have to engage in the low energy trolls or low energy vibration. I think that's a good point for life is that when people are coming after you for whatever reason, you don't really need to engage because the legacy that you're living as a part of your whole life, your own life, how you are, is going to speak for itself. And you know people will rise to that occasion and certainly speak for you because yeah, and I think that that goes a long way when you're talking about the young girl that you were mentoring. Certainly, people remember the good things. They remember the good things you do. And I know that everyone quotes the Maya Angelou um, quote. It's, it's, I'm not going to remember what they say, but it's going to be um, who you were to them and how you treated them. That's going to be substantial and, and really catapult people into the possibility of their own dreams and how they treat other people as well, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, take, take, it, take it to the next level though on this, and, and it relates to your book. So uh, a person who who writes a book that really makes a change and really helps people in their lives, and I know that there are people who've gotten your books that it made a change in their life, and and they become advocates, and you can see the number of people who are listening to this show saying wonderful things, and they really have benefited. So now the next thing that you do, you have this horde of advocates who truly benefited from what you do which gives a total reason to believe that the next thing that you do is going to be that great, if not better. That's and before the book even hits the stand, there's going to be people lining up to buy it. So all of the work that you did built up to that. It's the same in, in creating advocates. What happens when companies like Apple have a phone coming out that nobody's touched? Yeah. Nobody's seen it. Nobody knows if it's better. Yeah. There, there's brand advocates standing in line in the snow waiting to yeah. be the first one to have one. Yeah, because they've done such a great job in exciting and filling needs and and improving benefit and value to their to their horde of advocates, their customers. Well, you know, I I definitely really appreciate that you said that because when I when I wrote the Magical Guide to Bliss, my intention was to save myself yep. and literally literally write a guide for myself so I could. Um, basically navigate out of a really painful period. Like you had said before, you know, what solutions do you have that will solve the pain? And I love that you said that because for me, it was very cathartic in writing. And I think for you, what you're going to be doing, and it's going to really be profound, is help engage others in, in what you do so well. And that's been your whole career building to that moment where you are able to actually in written form, you know, provide this guide for other people as to your extremely valuable insights that you have. And I think that, you know, it's one of the coolest things I ever found with regards to the book is that after you speak and people do align with you, they like you, they want a piece of you to take him home. You're like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take you home, but they want a piece right. of you to take home with them so that they could have it at their own, uh, you know, to look through and and to peruse and and they're still going to want to hear from you if they liked your brand because of the way you speak and I think that the way you do um, you do educate other people though Andrew is with a very um, uh, it's a non uh, I, I guess not the it's not an offensive tone like you're not a troll you really truly come to the table wanting to help people like the hunter you are the excitement that it gives you the passion and even as steve says is that our passion drives us to have healthier lives so when you're following your bliss so to speak the universe does open doors and you find people like this to have important conversations with and i know that for you you know the best tools or practices that you've used to manifest this journey so far i would love for you to share a couple of those with the audience tonight because i think in essence at the end of any conversation you generally want people to have tools that they can use to help them start yeah. Yeah, one, one of the things that, that really strikes me the most, that probably sounds a little counterintuitive, I really don't care if people like me. <laughs> it's right. I don't, I don't, I'm not out, I'm not out looking for likes. I'm not, I joked the other day on, on LinkedIn, there's this whole movement of people that if they post something and they don't get a bunch of likes, they're, they're, they're and if they don't have 10,000 connections of people that, that I call vanity connections, people they're never going to benefit or know. Explain that. So, so you know, I went to the supermarket and, and I bought some eggs 
and they would not take my likes in payment for the eggs. They wouldn't take your likes. I was I was furious. And then I showed them how many connections I had. I said, doesn't this buy me something? <laughs> and they went, sir, do you have any cash? You tell them you're an influencer and that you have so many oh, people. Yeah. Well, there's two rules. The way to know that somebody is never going to influence me is when their title says they're an influencer. Ah, good to and know. The way that I know I'm not going to be inspired is when the sentence starts with, I'm going to tell you this to inspire you. Ah, okay. Those are absolutes. It's not you know happening. how you know if you're inspiring? People listen to what you have to say and they go, wow, that really inspired me. Then you know, because you don't get to decide. We, we joked when you asked me for my bio and you said you didn't put in there that you're funny. And I said, <laughs> if, if I say that I'm funny, I probably won't be. Oh my God. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in people who somehow produce something and are positive. And curious and capable, and 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 all of those types of things. Yeah. Those are the people I want in my life. Yeah, I agree. If, I if you don't produce, and producing doesn't mean you got to be a businessman making money. You got to producing could be art. Producing could be teaching. Producing could be uh, gardening. But people who who don't do anything are 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 fine, and they're welcome to do that. But they're usually not the people that I, I tend to hang around with. Well, let me like something with regard to the do. I think it, when you're talking about somebody who's inspirational, bringing something positive, and don't explain to people that you are inspirational or funny, but just show up as your authentic self. Is that what I understand you to say? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's part of it. Yeah, it, it's most people don't even know what the most interesting part of them is, and they try to be something that they're not. Interesting. So it's, it, you know, you, some of the people in, in, in my life, and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. There's, there's a woman named Jan who, who I met through very odd circumstances who, when I was looking to get a dog, you know, Andrew. <laughs> I, was, I was looking to get a, to get a dog and she ran a rescue for the breed of dog that I wanted to get. And she's, <clears throat> she's a, a wonderful person. And, and through a series of events, she took a liking to what I had done to help somebody else out. And she said, I have this dog who was sick as a puppy. I can't sell him. And um, he really needs a home. So I, I went to where she lived and, and met the dog and just fell in love with, he's now my, my dog, Tiny. Tiny. Uh, he was a sick puppy. He's the most wonderful dog. But she, she and her husband are truly, genuinely good people of a complete and total opposite ideology to me. And what that means isn't important for this. Yeah. But these are, these are people who are in my life. We, we disagree on certain <laughs> things, but at the core, we have a common tie that, that's required. They're really hardworking. They're very intelligent. They really care about people. They care about animals. They're they're highly productive, and they do they do good with everything that they do. She and her husband are wonderful people. Awesome. If, if you knew them and you knew me, you would probably say there's no way that these people are in each other's lives. I, I, I to this day I'm grateful for this wonderful dog that I got and the relationship I have and how much I learn by listening to them talking about things that are opposite of my belief structure. I don't, I don't, this new age where your internet can figure out what you like and only shows you stories that meet your model of the world yeah. is dangerous. I, I want to know what people who disagree with me think because there may be some seeds in there that can make me a better person. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. That's a really yeah. good point. You know, I, I was listening to Gail King today and she says, I don't care if you don't agree with me socially. I don't care if you don't agree with me on a political scale. I, I think that we have to agree that we're, that each of us that we see each other's humanity and i think what you just said there nails that on the head yeah, you no know, with with someone being able to express their humanity whatever that looks like in the ideal whatever you see a perspective like we were talking about the beginning that you hadn't seen before so it changes you for the better i would say because you know when you're exposed and i think that this is what uh travel what right? you said travel yeah does for you is that expands and I know Camille Camila is my friend and she travels like crazy she's always on an adventure but I think what it does is it not only you know rejuvenates you but it also opens you up to uh, to places and people that you have never would have never known before and and keeping that in mind I, I want to go back to the beginning of the interview when we got together here tonight and ask you to set an intention and and then pick a number. So what was your intention for tonight? To hang out with my buddy Meg <laughs> and have a great conversation. Uh, we, I, I can't think of a time over the 30 years, almost 30 years that we've known each other, 
that the conversation hasn't made life better. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I, I was, well, I guess some folks can hang, hang out and listen to us yammer. That was my intention. Yeah. Um, listen to us yammer is right. And then what exactly was the number that you picked to match that? And to, um, it's always two, five, two, five, three out of your book. Two, five, three. And you have the book. Yes. There you go. By the way, if you don't have the book, you should have the book. It's it's really it's really well done, and it's kind of one of those things where I, there there are a lot of books you have to read from front page to back page, and there's other books that you can just open it up at any time and find something that's a, a pearl, and it's it's kind of it's kind of neat to randomly be able to open it up and find something to go, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. That's good. Yeah, um, I, I like that. There's a lot of of different ways. That the book can be used. That's amazing. And and so, what does two five three speak to tonight? It says that I I won a free dinner at. The party. <laughs> oh no, that's a wrong book. <laughs> you win the lottery? Wasn't there a comment with regard to the lottery today? I thought I saw somewhere with regard to you. If if you want to have fun, yes. And this is a tip for anybody out there. Next time you go to a Chinese restaurant and they bring out the fortune cookies, make sure the waiter or waitress is standing right next to you. Crack open the cookie, hold up the paper, and go, wow, a free meal. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Instead of reading the fourth and just watch the reaction. <laughs> I never <laughs> no, no, no free meal. There you go. <laughs> you want to manifest a life you want, just go ahead and open the cookie, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, the, new, the new pointless uh, platitude. Open your cookie. Pointless platitudes are fantastic. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> what does it say? If you want to succeed in life, open your cookie. Open Actually, your the cookie. other... Uh, the other book that I always tell people to read is if you find the Buddha, I said, find the Buddha on the road, kill him. It's about, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant book. It, it goes back to the site days. It basically, you know, as people seek their guru, they have to recognize that that guru is probably just as damaged as they were at some point in their life. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. The humanity right there, right in front of you. <laughs> I think it came out in the '60s, and wow. someone had recommended it to me, and I was like, "I'm not reading a, a, that book." I love. And I saw it. I saw it at a used bookstore for like 25 cents. Oh my god! I, and I wore it out. Yeah, I got to get that. That's an amazing book. It sounds like so. Read, yeah. read your, read your intention. So uh, it's August 19th. Grateful for connections. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, some some people come into our lives and quickly go. Some people move our souls to dance. They awaken us new understanding with the passing whisper of, with, of their wisdom. Some people make the sky move. Uh, I'm sorry, the sky more beautiful to gaze upon. Mm -hmm. They stay in our lives for a while, leave footprints on our hearts, and we're never, ever the same from someone named Flavia, is it Whedon? Whedon, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, if that isn't us, that you is know, we're in our lives together, we're out, we're... We have our families, and the funny thing is that there's there's such an impression over the years, also with with your sister Amy and, and others in that sort of group. Yes, uh, the conversation picks up right where it left off, and and I, I it's one of those things where you you know you know somebody matters when the name pops up and you smile. Yeah, that's that is I love that I love that that's yeah. amazing that's amazing that's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know I have to say. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you, Andrew. And I certainly, um, I like the concept. Wait, before we leave, you promised me one thing. And I told you we're going to do our Don Artieras together tonight. Do and I want, your own. Which, one, which one do I want? My Oh, yeah. He definitely. my Burger King tiara. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you have to put the tiara on, but definitely put your crown on because I think that you have to own it. And I think that when you walk around the world and you feel like at least you're wearing that, I think I sent you out. I got to look hip. I got to have it on. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's definitely the Burger King. You can name it whatever you want. But um, I, I thank you for at least engaging with that you did ask for one so i made sure you had one for this interview so if you do happen to end up on my podcast you might just get a tiara too <laughs> that's what, and on a squash there you go that's beautiful that's beautiful that's beautiful so i i wanted to um just remind everybody that you know we all are here um on purpose to be delivered creators of our lives i think that i think that goes without saying you and, and your ability to create through your woodworking your ability to build business and to you know so you know even your knitting and and all of the above you know that that is what 
There you go. There you go. Now, see, I wanted to share that. He's showing us a beautiful, beautiful, what is it? An un unfinished hat. It's an unfinished hat. And he does it in Ohio, so it looks like we at least gave you more. But I don't know. You kind of look like you would be able to be in the movie Frozen with that thing, you know? <laughs> Something really Nordic for sure, right? If it makes you feel any better, I'm in Cleveland and it's 60 degrees today. So ah, so there you go in the middle of March. So there you go. Um, but I do want to give the final inspirational, perhaps funny word to Andrew tonight before we go. And off you go. Go ahead, Andrew. The funny word? Final, inspirational, or funny? You get to pick. Uh, eat, enjoy every sandwich. That was. <laughs> you, know, you know the origin of that? No, I don't. Tell me. One of one of the greatest musicians, one of my favorites of all time, was a guy named Warren Zevon, and some people know him from the Werewolves of London. But that was a minor part of his incredible career. Oh, I love that. And he 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 discovered that he was very sick and and dying of of, of a horrible type of cancer. And he decided rather than just lay down and die, he was going to make a final album. And he had all of his friends in the music industry come and play with him on this album. And it's some of the most inspirational music. And his final thing was to go on the David Letterman show. And on David Letterman, David Letterman says, well, we know that you're not long for the earth. What do you know or what inspiration can you give to the rest of the world that they don't know? And his response was, enjoy every sandwich. Enjoy every sandwich. Okay. Yeah. So on this 9th of May in 2020, Andrew wants you all to go out in the world and make sure you enjoy every sandwich. Certainly enjoy every connection that you are with when you eat those sandwiches. And, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, I hope that all of you gain some wisdom tonight with regard to some area in your life. I mean, Andrew certainly has a plethora to share his experiences run from the left to the right, back to the center again. And I think that one of the things that certainly I'll, I'll take away from this conversation is um, you really you really do better in life by opening yourself up to so many different people because at the end of the day, you will learn something that you didn't know before. Whether or not it's good, bad, or indifferent, you know, you can make that determination. But to have that conversation with other extraordinary people, it does enhance your life. So I want to thank you again, Andrew, for this wonderful opportunity to talk to you tonight. Remember, we're all here as deliberate creators of our life. Let your soul be guided by your dreams and let's all together raise the positive vibration on this planet so that we all can live our bliss. Wear your Burger King crowns or put it on a squash. <laughs> there you go. And by the way, if you enjoy every sandwich, it's not keto and don't use the, don't use the gluten-free bread. It's no fun. Okay, for sure. And I will be putting Andrew's information in the feed tonight. So if you do want to contact him, um, certainly I think he's open to it as far as I know. If he's not, he'll just probably write something really funny. <laughs> Never. How dare you? How dare I? So, you know, let's go out there and gain more wisdom in March and be open-minded and not get too scared of what's going on in the world. And, and you know, instead of getting, you know, fearful, ask, start asking really good questions, like Andrew says, and with different, different uh, ways to learn more about life. So continue to spread the love and blessings and bliss, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you again, Andrew. Have a wonderful Thank you so much. All right.